0: Get ready?
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the weekly cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host, for another episode. Paul is out this week. He's not feeling so well. Uh, Pickups and shout outs to Paul. Hope you feel better, buddy. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guests. It is episode 178 and it is January 13th. Uh, we're getting back into the swing of things. Um, it is a new year. New year, new me? Not really. Um, but we're getting back to the swig of things here. <laughs> um, we're going to be reading some headlines. We're going to be going through some uh, new stories. And I have a, a brand new, never before heard on this show, at least, guest uh, to introduce uh, to you all. So uh, without further ado, let's get to these headlines and then let's get to the rest of it. You, you crazy kids. Uh, a Pokemon card game, lazily called Pokemon card game, has appeared online. And unlike the Pokemon trading card game, it is not a real game. According to reports, Pokemon card game is actually malware disguised as a Pokemon NFT video game. The malware mimics everything about a Pokemon game, right down to using a likeness of the official Pokemon icon when installing the game, quote unquote game the program actually installs a different tool that opens your PC up to hacking and having your private data stolen. Despite there be- once being a little interest in NFTs by Nintendo, no such game or other activities involving popular Nintendo intellectual properties exist for the use of an- or with NFTs or cryptocurrency. Impressions of Redfall, Arkane's next big video game, see, seem to have led people to the conclusion that it is much like Left 4 Dead only swapping zombies out for vampires. However, according to an interview with creative director Ricardo Baer and studio director Harvey Smith, it's much more like Far Cry. Redfall, according to both directors, is not a Left 4 Dead-style race to the finish line, but more of an open-world, story-driven exploration-style game in the way Far Cry or Grand Theft Auto could be. Baer also said that in addition to it being an open-world game with Quest NPCs, there are also chances for random occurrences using the example of creeping through a cornfield at night in the fog and hearing vampire whispers in the dark, or happening upon a group of cultists and trapped survivors. While that all sounds promising and exciting, the big question is still, when is the game coming out? And while the game does not have a firm release date yet, we expect it sometime in the first half of this year, 2023. And finally, we reported the shutdown of Stadia when Google announced it back in September 2022. We now know that in addition to this date being January 18th, Stadia will officially shut down for good at 1159 Pacific time, 1159 PM. Redditors and other Stadia users are now sharing their time spent with Stadia online as they pay homage to the platform. Refunds from Google should still be trickling through to players. Games like Destiny 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2 are offering cross-save transfers for data f- to other platforms. Other Stadia exclusive games, however, may be lost forever as it seems games like Outcasters is not slated to move to other platforms. Stadia was first launched in November nineteenth 2019, 2019, come on, and faced some fairly big issues during its three year career, but clearly brought some amount of joy to gamers during that time. And those are just some of the headlines. Of course, if uh, I missed something, I don't think I did, because this is a slow week. Uh, but if you wanted to talk about any other game, you can, of course, tweet at me at Gaming or uh, at WKCooldown, and we'll uh, commence the chatting. Um so here we are it is now week two of january video game news is kind of slow and trickling but there are some big stories happening uh we'll be getting into some of those big stories later uh but first i have a guest here who i'd actually like to introduce themselves himself themselves him himself
0: (laughs) Uh, well, hi, you know, I'm Sebastian Malden from the Single Player Experience podcast, the video game podcast, where we let you know about all the good and bad single player games so you can have the best single player experience. Um, I'm so excited to be on the show. And, you know, as you were reading through those headlines, you know, some of those really caught my attention because, I, you know, Google Stadia, I know it, it mm. got a bad rap, but for yeah. everything that it, it did wrong, it doesn't seem like it was in the in the worst it doesn't seem like a bad idea so to speak because you see like xbox game pass right now is absolutely nailing it with cloud gaming like right absolutely nailing it so it almost seems like if if, a little things would have been tweaked here and there if they would have got some more maybe heavy hitting exclusives if maybe they actually like did the game pass route to where like you actually had a substantial catalog to actually play instead of just you basically having to just a la carte buy games mm-hmm. one by one. Just little things like that could have changed everything. Like we now could be looking at Google Stadia the same way in the same breath that we look at it. Xbox Game Pass, especially cloud mm-hmm. gaming, you know. So between that and Redfall, Redfall is gonna be so big for Xbox this year. Because really? I know, I know everyone's looking at Starfield, but like mm-hmm. Redfall is also the game that sort of needs to be good. You know, Xbox. The narrative around Xbox is you know yeah. where are the exclusives? Where are the first party exclusives? And we've been devoid of that as Xbox gamers for so long that if our if like Redfall just falls off and kind of in a very similar way to what the way Halo Infinite fell off, it's gonna feel like a major disappointment, man.
1: I agree. I agree with both of those assessments. Um when I was originally writing these headlines, I had in here that like it was a decent idea to try and pioneer um some kind of cloud gaming um alas Stadia and it still seems like a good idea uh, given the success of Game Pass but it's like the difference between Game Pass and um and Stadia as you said is just this uh, incredible catalog that uh, Game Pass has, and it still continues to have, right? It still continues to grow and get those uh, titles, um, largely because it is Microsoft and it has its own kind of licensing power. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that in regards to cloud gaming as a whole, we kind of ignore the People who are left out and that's like, you know, people who don't have good internet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, people who have terrible internet, places where they don't have great internet and you can't really cloud game. Um, and I think Stadia really put all of their chips in the cloud gaming category. Whereas Game Pass, at least you have the option to download the game. Um, and you know, you'll have it on your PC and you can play it whatever you want as long as you have the subscription. Stadia didn't have much like that it, it was just the cloud gaming you could open up the browser or open up your um you know your google stadia app or whatever on your phone and play that way but it it was still at the end of the day like dependent on you having a really decent at least um internet connection um yeah i remember sure. actually trying to play a game yeah. on my phone and it kept closing and i was like i pay for really fast internet google so you can't do this to me this is a crime actually
0: yeah for sure you know um another interesting like tidbit of that is like you know playstation with uh, before they moved over to their new subscription model the playstation um, plus extra and premium model like they were just a streaming only platform with um playstation now like mm-hmm. that was just a streaming only option. But what kept them afloat and what kept people like staying subscribed to that that platform was the fact that they had so many third party deals available. Like it right. wasn't just first party and that's what Xbox, you know, like for better or for worse, you can say what you will about their first party library and portfolio. Like they are killing it with third party deals. Like just sure. recently, High on Life, you know, coming day and date to Xbox Out um, Outriders in last year, coming day and date. They um, MLB, a PlayStation Studio like game, is day and date on Xbox Game Pass. They're just killing it with the third party grabs.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Microsoft does have really interesting licensing power. They are actually being kind of cornered back to back into a corner. Mm-hmm. There's some kind of um, breaking news recently where, uh, now, uh, Nvidia is getting in on the, we don't think Call of Duty sh- or, or <laughs> we don't think that, uh, Microsoft should merge with Blizzard now. Um, you know, the now Sony's, uh, Sony's got some backup from Nvidia on that, uh, on that fight.
0: Yeah, so what do you think of that whole uh, that whole debacle? Like, where do you stand? Microsoft
1: is so powerful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I stand anywhere. Like, in my opinion, the only person that truly benefits from a merger is Blizzard at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, given the kind of constant issues that they've had with their uh, everything yeah, um, over the <laughs> past couple of months uh, to a year. Yeah. Um, so in my in, in my mind, they're the only person who who can possibly come out like on top after the, everything's said and done. Um, I I don't know that Microsoft really cares about Call of Duty that much. I get that it's a really big um, you know a really big game, and a lot of people are really into Call of Duty, and it continues to be that kind of staple, that kind of. Uh, linchpin in, in each year where we're talking about a new call of duty game and a new call of duty gameplay and all that but it's it doesn't seem like it's the thing that would change microsoft in some way um uh, you know economically or otherwise
0: yeah you know like yeah, that's an interesting th- point because like yeah you, you got two sides of the coin there because like on one hand like think about it like this like you have day in date xbox like call of duty coming to date game pass and i think that would just boost their their subscribers because i personally know like a lot of people who mostly play like three games every year and call of duty is one of those games but mm-hmm. to your point though i like activision has so like a such a rich portfolio of games because you also have the tony hawk ip under that you have crash bandicoot under that yeah you have um, Spiral the Dragon. Um, Sekiro is also under there. You have um, tons of things in the in the same vein as like. I know they're not gonna bring it back, but Skylanders is also a part of that. But like, sure. there's a prototype. I mean, Xbox had like. Xbox needs a wealth of games to just boost their portfolio on Game Pass, and if you just have so many teams just cranking out like Crash Bandicoots, Tony Hawks, Spyros, and such like that, that's going to be another reason to s- s- basically subscribe to Game Pass, and I th- that's their in—that's mm-hmm. basically their in in goal, so to speak. So you know, like I I think. I you know me personally I since like when Activision was by itself they basically shut down all their studios just to be Call of Duty machines at that point like I I'm sort of hoping that the deal goes through just so that we can get more Crash Bandicoots more Tony Hawks or you know Mm -hmm. like more games like Sekiro you know because Sekiro felt fresh when it came out so I'm like maybe we I'm hoping that we can also get you know that different teams to work on different things.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, I do think maybe that Sony is also sore given literally what you said about Spyro mm-hmm. and Crash Bandicoot. Maybe <laughs> they're like, those were ours. You mm-hmm. can't have them <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It definitely It it definitely would be like very almost Sacrilegious in a way to yeah. see like those franchises on the Xbox platform where they're first-party Xbox titles now. It it just as a '90s kid, it almost rubs me the wrong way. It kind of like it feels kind of very strange. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's one thing to have uh you know like the remakes on PC. Mm-hmm. It's a but like to have the continuation of those f- games on anything except a playstation is like "Eh, i don't know that i like this the future's weird weird." (laughs) (laughs) the future's strange um but yeah so i don't know i i'm hopeful that like i'm i guess one thing i'm hopeful for is that all of the Mm -hmm. video game companies kind of get over themselves a little bit um it it seems like they're having this really petty like you can't have it Mm-hmm. tug of war with one game company that has a tumultuous reputation and and a relationship with both its players and its uh employees um at this point so i'm not sure that it's that it's worth it <laughs> it no, just it, doesn't it does feel like it, it.
0: Uh, uh-uh. uh. like so other than activision do you think there's going to be another big acquisition to go through this year I-
1: i couldn't tell you activision came out of left field especially it really especially did. because of all the negative press it was getting at the time like i couldn't have guessed that so at this point like i don't know I don't yeah
0: know. You, we're gonna talk about this later in the show but like i i'm, I'm sort of getting acquisition vibes from ubisoft right now
1: mm, yeah 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 we will see. <laughs> we'll really talk about that later <laughs> For sure. um but to kind of focus in on you, let's talk about your podcast, what work you're working on. Um, you said you are the host of the Single Player Experience podcast. Mm-hmm.
0: yes so like the single player experience um you know we we dive deep into the single player game news the reviews and everything in between so recently we've had um you know guests from epic games all the way to playstation we've had um the senior animator of, Play- of playstation on the show recently to talk about mm. like he like his path into gaming and then some of the cool projects he's worked on we've had uh, another animator in playstation on the show recently to talk about different things like that we also do deep dives with indie um studios and indie directors where they kind of get to talk about their game whether it be a game that came out recently or upcoming project um from so it's pretty much everything about that to all sorts of different reviews we talk about like god of war we do deep dive episodes um we recently we are putting out a deep dive into the persona series so we're talking about each specific persona game and what we like about them what we don't the waifus mm-hmm. everything you know so <laughs> that's pretty much the single player experiences all your go-to podcast for everything single player games
1: very cool very cool um what are some of your favorites if you're willing to share your favorite single player experiences
0: oh that's a good one um i am a comic book nerd through and through so like mm-hmm. some of my favorite two games of all time have to be like Arkham City um I absolutely adore that game and then the Spider-Man games like both Spider-Man um PS4 and recently you know it got remastered on PS5 and uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales and you know Mm. spider-man miles morales as a chocolate man just spoke to me in a way that i i've almost (laughs) never seen in a video game before because like it had the black panther effect for the first time Mm -hmm. in a video game i could say oh my goodness i'm playing as a character that legitimately looks like me and it just meant so much to me so yeah that um that aspect and then you know like I adore the Mass Effect games, really enjoy those. I really, uh, really enjoy the Dragon Age series. So all those type of games are are my jam. And then, you know, recently, I think I put in close to 100 hours in Yakuza Like a Dragon. So I, you know, I'm kind of all over the place. I love, uh, but my main kind of core of who I am as a single player gamer is I love stories. I love games that feel like that um almost like that book club so to so to mm. speak to where mm-hmm. where the game it tells you such an intricate story or you can kind of get into the imagination of like the developers and the creators and they actually take you to a world that you've never seen before or you know let you explore something different so uh, that's who i am as a gamer and i love games that kind of let me be in the shoes of a, a main character really just tell a really gripping story
1: very cool cool i'm always glad when people bring up spider-man for this or mas morales for the same reasons that i bring up mas morales mm-hmm. i i must have spoken about that game like 30 times since i've played it like when it first came out and i can't get enough of it it's just it's just one of those games it's really powerful experience
0: oh yeah like i had a a nephew that came over and um he he mostly had just been a switch player uh, leading up to that so i just got in the ps5 um this was right around the launch date of the ps5 and he stopped what he was doing because he was playing and then he stopped <laughs> and, I, uh, and looked at the screen and he said oh my goodness he looks j- he looks just like me what and he was just like that's spider-man but he looks just like me and like i i, I teared up like it meant yeah. that much to me like that the level of seeing like a character uh, that level of representation there and it, mm-hmm. it just
1: yeah it means the world you hear that uh insomniac keep it up yes
0: keep it up out to you, you y- y'all are absolutely killing it out there insomniac
1: it's beautiful um so what are you playing this week
0: um this week i've um been playing a little indie game called the night witch it is a um uh twin stick shooter bullet hail um game is uh, about a little witch who's basically like the 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 last survivor of her of her kind and she's basically trying to stave off like a apocalypse um uh, it is a really cool game it's a uh, indie where you're kind of like you have you're never touching the ground you're always floating and you're always like shooting at the same time so think of it kind of like almost like mario meets resin gun and then Hmm. yeah so kind of kind of that vibe but it also has like a lot of metrovania aspects into it so i would probably say it's like a twist between like mario resin gun and i'd almost say like castlevania it kind of mixes in all those genres all into one it's it's been a fun experience and then i one of my guilty like one of my I guess you say guilt trips of gaming is the fact that i never got around to playing the the witcher three so Mm. i've been i finally got around to playing the the next gen update for the witcher three and really diving into that world so between those two games that's kind of been keeping me busy lately what about yourself
1: i have not been doing well that's not necessarily true i've been playing baldur's gate three which is technically a single-player experience Mm -hmm. um largely in preparation for this week's uh D &D sessions which i had already and i'm already waiting for the next ones in two weeks and i'm sad that i have i have to wait two weeks for it but (laughs) it's fun um but it's mostly been that um i don't know um how much you are familiar with it but it's been a very um kind of like both eye-opening experience as far as being a D D player goes and a kind of like reaffirming experience as far as being a DD and d player goes because um, you know you get the feeling through the characters that they don't necessarily get along with each other but they're stuck with each other in a way mm-hmm. and I feel like that's what a lot of D&D, or, uh, D&D players go through where they're like coming to blows with each other's characters through either actions in battle or roleplay or whatever but it's like of course we don't always get along because we're different people with different stories and different backgrounds and we're just kind of thrust into this situation together and it it, it it really resonated and made a lot of sense while I was playing it that of course these characters are like upset with one another for, you know, their backgrounds or whatever. Like that's how people are and i was like yeah it, it, it feels reaffirming it feels great i feel better going into D now that i've played this game
0: <laughs> oh that's really good um so the launch of D, because it's in early release right now is in august
1: of this year right yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is still in early access i've gotten through most of it by now um most of whatever you can get through through early access mm-hmm. um and so i'm just kind of playing through it on different classes and um coming up with new character ideas because i'm that much of a nerd
0: so let me ask you as a person who's only played one game that's very similar to this genre and that's divinity original sin one and two like do you oh. think this is a good entry point to people who want to get into that D style of mm-hmm. gameplay
1: yes because i actually jumped back to go play divinity 2 mm-hmm um because of this game so if it works backwards it works forwards in my opinion. <laughs> okay <laughs> and good it's made by the same studio so mm-hmm. you you should be familiar with the controls already um and then you know just add in all of that strategic stuff that is in Div- divinity um original sun 2 to baldur's gate 3 and you're you're gonna have a great time
0: okay sounds good I'll, I'll have to check it
1: out yes you also check it out listener and also check out the rest of this episode uh, because we have to take a quick break. So we'll be right back. We're going to talk about um some games we're excited about for 2023, plus some news stories about um, a game called Let It Die that you've definitely heard about. And of course, Ubisoft. So stick around, get a drink. We'll be right back.
0: Remain calm and please stay in your seats. We are experiencing pirate activity. Oh, there's just some um, something happening. Um, what? Them?
1: Um, <coughs> them? Oh no!
0: At the outer edges of space, where union is but a whisper, humanity scrapes together a living amongst the stars. This is the story of four Lancers, talented pilots of mechanized chassis from all corners of the known universe, thrown together by circumstance and destiny, and credits. Follow Macha, Moxie, Roadkill, and Silver, led by me, Reed, your Game Master, through The Lancer System, a mud and laser style anime mecha RPG. I hope they brought some printers with them, because this is Bring Your Own Mech, an actual Play Lancer podcast, and batteries are not included. Follow my heading, and I'll see you there. Grab some popcorn and find your seats. Monster of the Week actual play podcast $2 creature feature returns for
1: season two on February 22nd. This season, we'll see a whole new crew of hunters confronting the mysteries at the heart of the town of Jupiter Hollow. I'm Megan Murphy. I'm playing Zelda Wardwell. The Flake. Oh wait, I'm supposed to protect people too. That's like what
0: heroes do. I'm Nyaldar playing Eric Ashrin, the Crooked. Let's just say I don't ask questions that involve textbooks. I ask questions that involve cash. I'm Laura McMillan and I'm playing Tammy Jo Marple, your hometown home finder. I'm here to make deals with the good people of Jupiter Hollow, but I already made a deal of my own. Tammy Jo is the monstrous.
1: And I'm Mr. Ray. I play everything that tries to kill these people. And if you enjoyed our first season, You ain't seen nothing yet. New episodes every other Tuesday wherever podcasts are found. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. hello 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 welcome back to the show so it's 2023 um (laughs) it is a new year we are 12 days 12 or 13 days into the new year depending on wow uh, yeah already time flies when you're doing nothing um so (laughs) um there's gonna be some games coming out this year right some really interesting some really fun uh titles coming out this year um what are we excited about what are we looking forward to
0: you know i think that's almost an understatement because like uh, on paper if all these games release and don't get pushed back out of 2023 this looks like (laughs) it might be one of the best years in video games and and probably ever you know it it definitely seems like on paper it'll it'll for sure rival like the all-time great years like um 2007 and such but like yeah i i am so excited for this year in gaming you know Uh if you're a Switch player, you got Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom coming out May Mm twelfth. That, you know, like I I'm so curious on how they're gonna it like integrate on that formula, if they're going to like have innovations or if they're just going to stick to what is tried and true and what worked for them in Breath of the Wild. I am on the indie side of things, we have some really cool indie games coming up. Gunbrella is looks like it's gonna be almost like The quote-unquote the Hades of of two of like twenty twenty three to where like it'll be that indie game that might take over the world for a little bit. Um, Yeah, have a nice death. Have a nice death. It looks like a very cool game that's kind of like a cross between, almost like it has kind of like a Hollow Knight vibe mixed in with a little bit of Castlevania. That that one kind of looks looks um, and Death's Door. Like I loved Death's Door, and it, it kind of like gives me that. That sort of vibe as well. Um, Lies of P. Have you have you heard about this mm-hmm. one? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm not even a Pinocchio fan, but like the <laughs> fact that this feels like the spiritual successor to Bloodborne, like yeah. oh, really speaks to me. So I'm I'm excited about that one. And then like going up to the big games, the the big dogs. You have like Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Man, I mm-hmm. was such a massive fan of fall in order so i really want to see what that team like respawn and like some of the the new improvements that they've taken from what worked in that game maybe some things that didn't work such as like maybe some of the map issues and some of like the traversal issues and really like see how they improved on the formula before but you know we spoke about it earlier like marvel spider-man 2 oh
1: yeah 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 it's on its way cannot
0: wait what are you excited about
1: on its way well there's so much you know (laughs) (laughs) um so literally basically everything you said plus um street fighter 6 is obviously on its way in june Mm -hmm. um baldur's gate 3 in august um there's a sequel to the uh, remnant which is a multiplayer game but i'm uh I didn't get to play the first one. I don't know if people are still playing it, but I'm excited to see if they can one-up themselves because the first game seemed like it was promising. Um, but to some, it seemed to kind of fall short. So I'm hope- hoping that they can kind of recoup that audience and also add me and some other people to it. Um, we've got Judas from the creator of Bioshock, um, mm-hmm. which I'm truly excited about um a game called post trauma which i believe is coming out this year um i'm not sure i think um, that is slated
0: for this year yeah
1: yes a psychological horror video game um which i absolutely love um there is what else what else what else i gotta think i gotta think i gotta think starfield oh armored uh yeah well starfield i'm not super excited about i'm excited for all of the other bethesda fans mm-hmm. to finally get their hands on something that isn't elder scrolls um <laughs> but otherwise i'm like okay well let's see what you got right because mm-hmm. i mean we we have like um we have no man's sky so i'm like is it is it going to be better than No Man's Sky? Because if so, then like maybe I'm in. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to see where we go with that, but I am really excited about Armored Core 6. Um. Which we saw little bits of during the Game Awards. Um, that I would hope is going to be really good. Um, supposedly releasing in 2023, but we'll see. Question for you:
0: um, So, are you? Did you play any of the Armored Core games growing up, or is it the lineage of um, from Soft that uh, that's making you excited
1: about this? One? I played like one Armored Core demo when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I remember very little of it but what i do remember is like not only having a lot of fun with just the demo um but also having this uh one of those like playstation insider magazines and having them go through like the best armored core builds or whatever and just staring at those mechs for a really long time (laughs) and being like man i love these cool robots um and so i'm i'm just excited to see first of all how FromSoft handles mech combat because they do really good on you know any other type of combat um with with humanoid figures um and two what the build options are like i think it, i think armored core is a really good series and um i know a lot of a lot of people who are armored core fans are like freaking finally <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah i'm excited um i think like i've never played an armored cord game so f- for me personally i'm sort of leaning on the pre- like the pedigree of from soft and also mm-hmm. like the fact that i'm an anime fan and i love me some gundam yeah. and i'm like this seems like a gundam game and i'm like i yeah. would love that
1: it's gonna i, I i'm very um i'm very hopeful and and i think it's gonna be good mm-hmm. um There's a lot of other games probably coming out in 2023, Tekken 8 most likely, Uh, Wayfinder, which is a uh, kind of RPG sci-fi-ish game, mm -hmm. Uh, Diablo 4, rumored for June, Um, and a lot of others. Um, So, you know, exciting year.
0: You know, I want to shout out how like diverse we've we got with games this year as well. Because I'm like, we mm-hmm. got Forspoken coming out. Well, you know, um, we got that game Flintlock. Um, I don't know if you remember the girl with the a uh, girl with like the axe. Yeah, yeah, we got. I'm like that starring a person of color and then we also have you know miles making a return there so i feel like you know this year feels like a wave of i guess you could say diversity that we haven't quite gotten you know like as far as like a large slew of diverse characters i mean we get a triple every now and then with like death loop and miles morales but this feels almost like it's sort of like symbolizing change so to speak and yeah. that's always refreshing to see
1: absolutely absolutely um the Banisher's Ghost of New Eden is a good one uh, to highlight for that reason too. Um, I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh it lo- that game also looks really cool, so I'm excited for that to come out. And yeah, we'll see what it's all like. In 2023, we're only getting started. Um this month, we're looking at some um small but significant releases. Forspoken should be out on the 24th. Dead Space on the 27th. Um, and some other little releases here and there. Actually, uh, One Piece video game should be coming out uh, today, uh, mm-hmm. January 13th. Um, you should be ha- uh, getting your hands on some Persona content on January 19th um, for Switch PC, PS4, Persona 3, and Persona 4. Um, and some other games, I'm sure. I'm forgetting some. But... Um, 2023 is already shaping up to be pretty good.
0: Do any of these ga- like January games speak to you personally?
1: I might get Forspoken, uh Forspoken. I'm still debating on if I like actually like it. I played the demo and I'm like, okay, I can get behind this a little bit. Um and I'm definitely getting the Dead Space remake because mm-hmm. I l- I love me some scary games. Okay, okay. Uh,
0: so do you feel like this is going to be better or worse than Callisto?
1: I didn't play Callisto Mm -hmm. I heard bad things so I'm hoping it's better
0: (laughs) (laughs) you know I as a person who played it it sort of felt like punch like punch out in space Mm. and I don't think that's what people were looking for with this genre so I think it's more I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing I just think it's also expectation meets like pedigree and everything in between and I feel like the The marketing didn't quite match up with the final product with what we got as well. So, mm.
1: but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, they got it right with that space. I mean, it's not an original thing. You just got you're just redoing it. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's get on to these news stories because uh, they's crazy. So, <laughs> starting with, um. Deathverse Let It Die. Gung-Ho Online, the producers of Ninjala, the Grandia remasters, and Let It Die introduced a sh- sort of sequel to Let It Die in May of 2022 called Deathverse Let It Die. The game was similar to the original Let It Die and built itself as a full-scale survival action game. However, due to a series of technical difficulties, including issues with the online service, uh, the game is now being taken offline and will be going uh, rather undergoing redevelopment and eventually will relaunch um other issues like dif- uh, matchmaking difficulties and lag is likely due to um the the sorry lag and matchmaking issues are likely the cause of the redevelopment uh the game has not seen the audience it might have had as well f- due to these issues um, despite it being a pretty out of the box battle royale title, but with any hope, a relaunch is just the thing the title needs to succeed in the future. So, have you have you played either of these Let It Die games? I have not. Uh, okay. I'm afraid this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting because the Let It Die experience, at least for the first game for me, was confusing (laughs) um they kind of throw you into a world that only kind of makes sense (laughs) um and it's very um kind of anime battle royale right um Mm -hmm. a lot of it feels very dystopian but in a very anime sort of way where um you know you're like you feel like the main character in this right um and you're basically going and up a battle tower, so to speak, and you're fighting other people or helping other people to get through these kind of PvE elements as well. And it's kind of spooky in a way. Um, You know, there's a lot of kind of creeping elements to it. You don't really understand why you're here or who you are or whatever. Um, there's a, a, gu- a skateboarding skull guy kind of talking to you. Uh, there's guns and melee weapons. It's all very all over the place in a way, but in a, in a way that felt kind of fun. Um, and it was unfortunately the kind of hodgepodge type of game where like if you, were into that kind of thing, you you know, kept up with it. But if you weren't and I kind of wasn't, you kind of let it go. And so for a while I played and then I let it go. Um and it kind of seems like this this kind of sequel to it um had the same kind of life where people were kind of into it, kind of playing, but it also had like the technical difficulties going on, the lag, the matchmaking issues. And so instead of it being what it could have been, it is now kind of relaunching um and we've seen games do this before um specifically final fantasy XIV relaunched um years ago and is now one of the most played multiplayer uh games ever so it can only mean maybe good things <laughs> if you're relaunching your game at this point okay maybe okay. you've reevaluated things
0: Yeah, um, that that can go either way, you know. Hopefully, they reevaluated things and they're trying to make things completely better. And hopefully, this isn't just a way for them to like figure out how to try to get like more microtransactions or anything like that in the game.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know that this game had a ton of those, which maybe, like, to your point, maybe they are taking it down so that they can bring it back with some new ones, mm-hmm. um, which would suck, but <laughs> I get it. They need some money.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, <laughs> it's that, a that's what, game. you know, That that's sort of what uh, I kind of like trying to read in between the lines here, and it sort of feels like between, like, the issues that they have with the gameplay, this sort of just feels like a opportunity for them to try to, like, revitalize it and also like capitalize a little bit and try to get uh, some of that extra money, but you know like i I think that's the pessimistic side of me thinking, but I hope that this is everything like fans of the series want and love from it,
1: yeah, yeah, um, if you are a fan of Deathverse, I would love to hear from you by the way, because I don't like I said, I don't know that a whole lot of people were keeping up with the game, um partly due to its very kind of cryptic nature about telling you what to do and mm-hmm. how to do it. Um, but also because of its its technical issues. Um, it seemed like it tried to be something different, and it certainly was. Um, it, it even had that kind of really cool Twitch integration where like your viewers could vote on certain things and it would actually change the game a little bit, which I think is fantastic. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but if the if the fan base isn't really there then you're kind of missing out on that aspect yeah for sure for sure
0: i'm you know i think only time will tell but like i i don't know like at least they're trying to to breathe fresh life into the franchise because some studios would just like see struggle and let it die completely
1: yeah yeah good pun let
0: it die Uh, um i wish i could say that was intentional that was kind of unintentional
1: <laughs> no you weren't supposed to say that you were supposed to say thank you and bow out gracefully oh my bad everyone would think thank you were so funny and then <laughs> that's it that's how you make your mark in the world i think uh, my bad thank you
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank you that was all me
1: Speaking of companies who are willing to let things die, arguably the biggest news this week deals with Ubisoft. Ubisoft has announced delays to Skull and Bones and cancellations to a bunch of new games as they seek a $200 million cost reduction. According to reports, the shares for Ubisoft are now at a 7-year low at about €19 per share. Likewise, it seems Ubisoft's major games, Mario Plus Rabbids and just Dance underperformed in 2022. About six months ago, we learned about other cancellations like Splinter Cell VR and Ghost and a Ghost Recon title titled Ghost Recon Frontline. Now we're learning that even more yet to be announced titles have been cancelled. Reports are also saying that an email distributed by CEO Yves Guillemot called for employees at Ubisoft to deliver products on time and on budget. He is quoted saying, Today more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. Ubisoft also cites macroeconomic conditions and inflation as the reason as a reason for the cuts and delays. Yeah. Messy.
0: Very messy. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. It's oh, just this a mess. is so messy. Yeah, um, I I am so curious on what Ubisoft's um 2023 is gonna look like because yeah out of all the games they have slated i i don't think i think it's just just dance like and that but that's because it's an annualized series so as of right now i can't think of anything that they have slated for this year can you
1: i don't know but i also don't understand why you can't take a break from just dance and do something else like just because it's an annualized series doesn't mean you have to do a new one like
0: oh for sure i agree i agree whole 100 percent. but like you know, the same could be said about sports games, but they're like, hey, if if this is like inexpensive to develop and we can basically print money after we we develop, I think that's sort of the the mentality. That Does have Just with that. Dance
1: get a whole lot of people into it? I don't know that that's you a know thing I, with Ubisoft, I would love to I, see I, the numbers. I guess
0: I I think so because like. For a while, Just Dance was probably the only franchise that was still selling like a, a annualized series on the Wii, and that was when mm. the Switch was out. And, like, because I, you know, they don't do that unless they're making some kind of return off of it, because sure. they, because it costs to, you know, like distribute all those. But like, I'm, you know, the, we live in a crazy world where there's a possibility that Just Dance was their highest selling franchise for last year, right and that is insane but i mean to to just go further i'm like ubisoft does need a refresh you we you said the word messy and i think that's like a apropos like way of describing everything that's going on but i don't think it's just because of their 2022 because i've been saying for a while like far cry it feels stale um far cry feels stale like i'm looking at um dang watchdogs does watchdogs did not hit like they thought it was going to
1: no no, they had a really good idea for Watch Dogs and I kind of enjoyed um that the last title. Um, but it goes to show I can't even remember what it was called. Legion. So thank you. So um you know, it was it was good enough, right? It squeaked by in my opinion. Um But I think I think you're right. I think a lot of their like I think Ubisoft specifically falls into the trap of their own um their their own ips right they've Mm -hmm. beaten assassin's creed i think as far as it'll go where we're now kind of looping back around again to um kind of like the the way it was supposed to be played (laughs) um with mirage coming out um and I think that they, maybe if they went to a new IP or explored something different, they might have a a better time, right? Um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 would have been a great example of this, right? Where (laughs) that game was supposed to be out forever ago, and we had done a few, um, we had done a few uh, interviews with folks who had um, been working on that game who were getting treated kind of badly, but... I think because of the news that some folks who were working on that game were getting treated kind of badly, it would have been a great idea to like ramp up on that game instead of like literally anything else that they put out Um, so that they could not only get that game out, but like capture the nostalgia that was behind Beyond Good and Evil at the time that they were talking about uh, sequelizing it Um, and... And just kind of refreshing their own IP, right? Their their own list of IPs. They explored different titles and different ways of making titles, and and not having everything be um, Assassin's Creed and Mario Rapids, I guess. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> yeah. And to your point, I mean they they have a library of IP that they are not even touching without even yeah. having to dive into that that um that new IP, so to speak, because like they still have splinter cell like you have splinter cell you have like prince of persia which you know i know the the newest one they were working on got completely like shut out and canceled Mm -hmm. but well delayed to death but like i am so baffled because like they it seems at one point they they were coming out with new ips when they first launched um skull with uh, skull and bones when they first um were giving us titles like Immortal Phoenix Rising. It almost felt like they were leaning towards that, to where mm-hmm. like, hey, we're open to trying the new IP thing. But then like something pulled them back, and they were like, no, we're doubling down on Far Cry, we're doubling down on Watch Dogs, we're doubling down on Assassin's Creed. And I'm like, yeah. To your point, you've beaten those to death at this point. What you can't do anything fresh with those titles anymore. So right, like, move move on. And I, I, it's also one of those things to where like. I don't know how you don't see what other people in the industry are doing and just not necessarily, you don't have to copy everything, but like you can take inspiration from it for sure. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to be real with you. Like, the last besides like um what was it um last year's game game awards winner um it takes two besides it takes two a lot of the a lot of the games that won game of the year for the game awards have been single player heavy like a yes. first person or third person games to where you really just got to tell a rich story that where you kind of got to follow a singular character i don't know why those games aren't you know like ubisoft didn't look at that and say oh like, we should be doing a Last of Us. Or, oh, yeah. we should be doing a God of War. Or, oh, we should be doing a, um, you know, like, we should be doing something similar to a Red Dead. Like, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on there.
1: They also completely threw away a really good mascot in favor of some ugly ass rabbits. I'm just going to say it. I talking don't, about I don't like. Th- yeah i don't like mm-hmm. the rabbits <laughs> i don't know where they came from and i don't know why they replaced rayman as a whole but like rayman was cool i liked rayman
0: <laughs> oh the last rayman game was really good especially like the musical levels you got to go yeah through. It, was really it was a really good game
1: it was a and it was a good mascot like i've i tied ubisoft to rayman and um for you know for a while at least and now i'm like who are these rabbits get them out of my face
0: it felt like, um, I, and this is just my personal feelings here. It's just like it felt like the rabbits sort of ascended to relevancy in their minds right along the time of like despicable me became Mike Ho, yeah,
1: yeah, and, yeah. And it absolutely like, feels that we way. We just
0: have to double down and make our own version of Minions, basically.
1: Which seems to be working, but not because the Rabbids are popular, but because they actually made a decent, like, XCOM-styled mm-hmm. game. And it's just... And and Mario is tied to it, right? So like, Exactly. It, it's doing well because of not because of the damn rabbits <laughs> but because you <laughs> built an actual good game and you tied it to mario so like you know take take the hint throw away the rabbits and <laughs> make a make a top down the strategy game or something oh yeah right? for like,
0: sure for sure everyone's um you know the, everyone's racing for ips right now in our society both in like the streaming wars that we're currently doing we're currently mm-hmm. living in and in games like If I were them, I would hit Marvel up and say, hey, we have experience making XCOM games, XCOM-type games, and, you know, like, look at Marvel Midnight Suns. We can make you a Fantastic Four game, or we can make you an X-Men game, or we can do even, like, the Teenage teenage Young Avengers game. Like, give us something, because we desperately need it right now.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And to your earlier point, if they don't, like, figure it out, and if instead uh Yves Gilmour feels like he needs to tell people to double down and start crunching, the the company's not going to do so good, I don't think.
0: No, no, and the crazy thing is, like, um, Ubisoft's evaluation for, as a company was at, like, 3.2 billion. It dropped from, like, 7 billion to 3.2 after all this, uh, you know, all this craziness with the market hit, hit them, but, like, I... That screams buyout to me. Like, I don't necessarily know if someone is looking at Ubisoft right now and saying, like, hey, we want everybody and everything that's going on with Ubisoft, though. Like, that screams, like, maybe, like, a, I'm just, you know, speaking, speaking from a hypothetical point here, but, like, that screams, like, a PlayStation or Xbox coming in and saying, like, hey, we want these franchises. Let's just buy these franchises off of you
1: yeah oh boy well yeah that's crazy isn't it ubisoft figure it out i know at least one person who likes your video games figure it out
0: <laughs> man i you know like for better or for worse like i want them to do well because i yeah i you know like i like a lot of the stuff that they put out in the past it's just I you know i i found myself thinking Thinking this the other day is like when is the last time Ubisoft put out a game of the year contender, like an actual contender for game of the year?
1: Yeah, when indeed I was it, could it have been Watch Dogs 2? Because if not, I would like to rewind time. Actually,
0: <laughs> I think the last time might have been the Assassin's Creed 2.
1: Oh, gross. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Watch Dogs 2 is so good, actually, and I like it um, too i i would have hoped that it would have been a game of the year contender maybe it was i don't know in any case you
0: know that year was stacked i think
1: oh yeah what what year would that have come out that's 2016 oh yeah okay Mm -hmm. that was like a a decent year for video games i'm sure well in any case ubisoft figure it out fix your watchdogs but just bring back the good ones um which was the second one obviously and then you know everything else oh my god bring back sleeping dogs that was them right was no. that
0: them no um sleeping dogs I yeah i was just like i don't think that was them but that was i, I love was sleeping Anx,
1: dogs actually. though Square Enix, bring back sleeping dogs this isn't about you but also it's about you bring back sleeping dogs i
0: would um, love, a se- I would love S- sleeping dogs
1: a sequel oh yes so good it was very good and I want more. Um, but yeah, you, you figure it out, Ubisoft. Stop, stop crunching your workers. Eves, you give up a little bit of your money so that your, co- your, your company can stay afloat and, uh, give, give us some good games. Yeah. Not rushed games, good games. Yeah, for sure. Deliver a good product. All right. <laughs> we are at the end of the show, which means, uh you sir have to give uh the listeners a recommendation which game should they be playing or be on the lookout for
0: you know um i'm always a champion of the indies because i feel like they always need more spotlight and love so i will i you know this game isn't going to be for everyone but i think they should check out this game that's come out recently called a walk with yaya and mm. a walk with the ayah is just a simple game it, it'll take you one hour to beat like beat the whole entire game but it's not about it's not about like the time it takes you to beat it's about the journey along the way and mm-hmm. it's just a simple walk with your grandmother and that's the whole entire game and you're in the meanwhile while you're walking your grandmother's coming to terms with her mortality and not being able to move around as much so mm so it is a deeply personal tale about you just listening to your grandmother and she tells you tales and about things that she's regretted in her life about things that like high moments of her life about like you telling her about like your fears about different things that's going on in your life and her relating with a story and and different things like that and then like the stories that she tells are all like mini games as well so like she tells Mm. a story about her past about like the war you can you you're playing out like a world war ii kind of like playing scene she tells you about like different things about like music that really just like how she met his grandfather or different things like that. And and like, you're supposed to be playing like a mini game on the piano about like the music that they were listening to that night. It's just, it is such a sensational like story where it, it especially hits me hard um, as a person uh, who's like lost his grandmother, like during the pandemic. So it was one of those to Mm. where I, you know, it spoke to me personally. It's not going to be for everyone, but I think for the people who do love those I guess you could say hard hitting stories that kind of like resonate with you. This is a walk with the IA. You should definitely check it
1: out. Very good. Check out a walk with the IA. Um, I'm going to recommend two quick games. Um, I was actually talking about indie games with a friend of mine the other day. Um, and I'm going to repre- uh, represent them again because they w- actually won some awards. Um, Tunic is an award winning game. Um, it is an indie game go play it um also go play moonlighter um i haven't oh actually played Where it yet but i fell in love with the video for it <laughs> um and i downloaded it and i it's just been sitting there waiting for me to sit down and start but um it looks really fun if you like zelda type uh old school zelda type games both of these games are gonna be for you um
0: uh, moonlighter is so good man it is yeah it's everything you like about cult of the lamb, except like Mm -hmm. instead of you going back to like manage your cult, you're just managing a shop and you're, and you're just going back and you're working on your shop. You're trying to like make, put all the prices right. And so that everyone can buy stuff. And so you're trying to keep your family shop alive all the while while you're trying to like complete the dungeons around you. It is such a good game. Everyone go check it out. It's on game pass.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is on game pass. It's on Nintendo switch. It's on Steam and it's on your phone. It's a mobile game as well. So check it all out. Moonlighter and also Tunic. Great, great, great indie titles. Um and finally, to finish off this episode, please let us know where we can find you on the internet and if you have anything else to plug.
0: Yeah, um well everyone go check out the single player experience podcast. Like I said earlier, you heard the whole pitch behind it. If you like single player games, if you like hearing about good stories, if you like just if you liked me during this episode, but if you liked knowing about like different things, the nuances in single-player games, such as like deep dives with devs that that make games. If you like hearing about like indie experiences, we we got plenty of that. And if you like hearing just all these sorts of like mega AAA things, we got all that. And plus, every guest that comes on the show has to compete in Pro Nerd Trivia, which is where we ask them like five questions, and we kind of see who can get like five random questions in five areas of nerd expertise so like it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun if you like trivia if you like single player games and if you like just all things video games definitely check out the single player experience
1: and thank
0: you so much for having me on the show by the way
1: yes of course thank you for being on um All right, well, as always, you can find me at Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the Weekly Cooldown as well on Twitter at WKCooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. I'm going to say it one more time, and I'm going to say it every time, and I'm never going to stop saying it, probably. Be sure to leave a review or a comment on Apple Podcasts. Actually, do both, because you can only review... You can only comment if you leave a review, so do do that, please. Um, it helps the algorithm. Be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our humble bundle for this week. And remember, you can support your favorite charities and support this show. Our logo and art is done by Corgian. Follow Corgian on Twitter at Doghouse Corgian. D O G H O U S E C O R G I A N. Doghouse Corgian on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Riki. Find Riki on Twitter at dog underscore noise, D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. Riki's playing a lot of, um, what's that game? Apex Legends too. so you might see some Apex Legends content on Riki's Twitter. <laughs> it's pretty fun. Uh, that's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I'm Sebastian. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: Peace.